All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we do thank you for this time. We thank you that we can learn how to share the gospel in some practical ways. And we thank you for the privilege and, and the honor and the wonderful thing it is to do so. Amen. It would be nice if everyone who shared the gospel just just suddenly accepted Christ without question. Uh, but that's not the case. In fact, the Bible tells us that um, our default expectation should be unbelief. We shouldn't expect everyone to get saved and then be disappointed when they don't. <laughs> we should expect people to not believe. That should be our expectation. Obviously, people do get saved, and um, the Lord... Uh, works in amazing ways in that regard, but uh, our expectations should be we're going to come into some resistance. Jesus did. The apostles did. That's why they were persecuted. That's why we suffer persecution even today as, as a universal church, because when people hear the gospel, they rebel. So with this in mind, when we share the gospel to have some sort of ready defense. Second Timothy chapter 2 says, Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. That's in the same context as, uh, and all scripture is given by inspiration of God for reproof, rebuke, for doctrine. <laughs> and it says that scripture is given, therefore we must do what it is given for. Acts 17, therefore dispute he in the synagogues. This is Paul um, preaching the gospel. Uh, he didn't do it dispassionately. He didn't just um, say, well, I'm just going to give this clear gospel presentation and, and then dust off the, uh, the dust off my sandals. Maybe not so fast. <laughs> Our words don't save. Our neat little tracts uh, aren't the instruments of salvation. <laughs> it's, the, it's the faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And uh, But Paul preached passionately. It says he, he disputed he in the synagogues with the Jews. He reasoned with them is another translation you could you could use, and with the devout persons in the market, and daily with him, uh, that met with him. So we, we can't just give the message and walk away. So what, what do we have to keep in mind? There are a few things. We're going to look at it together. You can think of each heading here as a modular thing, okay? Every time... You bring some sort of defense for your faith or what you believe. Um, these things naturally come into play, consciously or unconsciously, from both sides. To understand this a little bit more consciously might help you be a little bit more prepared. So before entering the ring, here are the four things. Your presupposition. 
okay? Your views and beliefs that you have before you step up to the plate, so to speak, and everyone has them. What is a Christian presupposition? Their God is, exists. We approach every argument, every gospel presentation, everything where we approach an unbeliever, God exists. The person would have presuppositions as well. God doesn't exist. God um, is, there are seven million gods. How many does the Hindu call? <laughs> God is uh, a force that permeates the universe. Uh, people have presuppositions. And you have to know that they're there consciously or unconsciously. So you can write there to maybe understand the concept a little better. What is our presupposition? And we begin with God and the truthfulness of Scripture. And we're going to get to that a bit later. Okay, the next one, your theory of truth. How do you know what you know? How do you know what you know? <laughs> so the people from the uh, Wednesday night Bible study, you, got, you guys can all go home because you, we looked at a lot of this in our worldview discussion and our done booklet that we went through. Um, but let's uh, touch on it again. For a Christian, how do we know what we know? How does a Christian know what we need to know about what... <laughs> The Bible, in other words, revelation. Revelation, when we take revelation, when we take what God says about things, that is our theory of truth. What are some other theories of truth that people could bring to a discussion? How do they know what they know? Don't look ahead in your notes. <laughs> okay. In other words... No God, everything that there is to know about anything, even the meaning of life, can be found through looking at a telescope or through a microscope. The facts, we can just gather enough information and enough facts, and once we have enough facts, we will know everything. That's a theory of truth. The Bible tells us that the material world doesn't offer all the answers. And science does have its place, but it doesn't answer all of our questions, and therefore we must rely on God to tell us what is true. Okay, um, apologetic methodology. That's a big word. Bear with me. We're going to make it easier. I'm going to put this all in a blender, and it's going to be nice and easy to digest. Okay, what approach will you use to defend what you believe? What evidence will you appeal to when they have a question about something? Will you appeal to Scripture and um, allow Scripture to, rightly so, be self-authenticating? I believe it because it says so. That's a, that's a valid um, uh, method, and it, sh and it should... Start there, definitely. 
But what if somebody has a question about the natural world? Um, are we allowed to even consider other forms of evidence? That's been a debate throughout history. We're going to get to... I'm just introducing the categories, okay? What methodology will other people use to say God is not real? Where would people turn to to try and prove that? <laughs> or, or that my faith is true as a Muslim? They also have apologetics. Okay. And this happens unconsciously or consciously. People appeal to something to prove that they are right. Okay, and then lastly, this is um, not technically a category, but it's still something to keep in mind. We don't win people by our expert uh, arguments, and um, there's a methodology that I left out. There are people that believe that if you give someone enough, enough facts, cumulative case, then the scales will tip and they will become a believer. <laughs> That's not how it works. Why do we do this? Because if somebody attacks your faith, why do you believe what you believe and you do not have an answer? Then you've, then you've lost. It's not about winning, <laughs> but we, we stand on what we believe. Whether I believe it by faith you, you need to still have that answer. You can't have no answer. So this is not really going down the list of topmost 10 asked questions. We're going to look at that a little bit. But this is so that you can be ready for any question. Because it's not always the same. Okay. And, and that's the other beauty of apologetics and a creationist, um, uh, evolutionist in our university class really made us question, like, we don't know why we believe this. And a friend of ours in university um, helped us out. They pointed us to some creation science uh, people, and, and, um, uh, and it helped us. It helped us to, to stand firm in our faith. So um, in my opinion... Modern apologetics, this is really the benefit for, for Christians to stand firm in what they believe. I, I don't think that debating an atheist actually helps anyone. I, I know it's nice to cheer for your guy, you know, but I don't think that's the value. But that's my, that's my opinion. We shouldn't be surprised when people don't believe. We shouldn't expect the atheist to turn, and if he doesn't, did we do something wrong? <laughs> um, we, the Bible talks about do we, one person sows and the other person reaps, and we don't see the full, complete work always. Okay. Theories of truth. So I want you, there's a little bracket there in, in the pink heading, and I made it pink so it stands out and it's memorable, okay? I want you to write in your own description there. So in other words, how would you best remember the idea of 
a theory of truth. And you can look at the summary there and say, how, what phrase or word or something will help me remember this idea? So a theory of truth, once again, is how do we know what we know? For a Christian, it is revelation. You can write whatever. You can write... Um, My my one is how do we know what we know? I like that one. You can use that one. You can use a different one. The idealist. Okay. So someone that is an idealist. This person sees the world through a lens of ideas about the world. What we perceive, what is real. Um, truth is not absolute. It is what you make of it. Have you ever heard anyone use that argument? Say... Well, it's true for me. Have you heard that? Yeah. This, this would be this idea that what is real is, it's real and it's true because I perceive it to be true. Um, famous idealist philosopher Immanuel Kant, I'm sure you've heard of it. He says, I perceive, therefore I am. Because I can think about the world, and because um, I know I exist, I I can order reality in the way that I want because it's my truth. People will say that. You can give the best arguments. You can say all the right things. And for some strange reason, <laughs> they are able to say, well, that's true for you. And... And walk away. What about evil? What about um, uh, injustice? Well, it's not wrong for that person, but it's wrong for me. Okay. So, um, from a philosophical standpoint, this is how people have reasoned um, contradictions. They believe that um, idealism considers the whole and not the individual individual aspects so um, the idea is consistent not the specific applications of the idea so they would say that um, there is um, morality but it's not necessarily the same for everyone the illustration i used is in England, they drive on the left side of the road and everywhere else in the world. And in America, they drive on the right-hand side of the road. If you had to suddenly just continue driving on the right-hand side of the road in another country, you would be inconsistent. <laughs> but they would say, no, 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 that doesn't matter. The overarching, the universal idea there is that people follow rules of the road, that there are rules that govern road traffic. And it doesn't matter what this one does, and this one, as long as there are ro road rules. Okay. If you encounter this, and why I'm saying this, because you will encounter this in many religions, in many um, walks of life, in many, I try to make it as broad categories as possible, because it doesn't matter if you speak to an atheist or a Muslim or your, your Oma. This is going to come up in some form or another. Okay. Let's look at empiricist. Empiricism. 
It's the same word that we get um, the empirical system form um, of measurement. Uh, that's the one they use in America, I think. Pounds and gallons and feet and inches, but um, 10 feet is not equal to, one feet is not equal to 10 inches and, and 10, 100 feet is not equal. It's, it's weird, okay. Their version of the truth, I'm joking. <laughs> Through the lens of physical evidence, science, scientists speaking from the pulpit. Right now, scientists are looking into the idea of string theory, and it is a, a theory that they hope will give us the answers of the universe. The, the arrogance of that statement is baffling to me. So, scientists speaking from the pulpit. Science can answer the questions of the meaning of life. That's what they would claim. If we can't experience it with our senses, if we can't measure it, then it does not exist. For a Christian, scientific method is an amazing thing, but without humility and without the acknowledgement of an objective reality that there there could exist something beyond our senses, and there does. Um, scientific method is falls apart. Well, they don't apply scientific method. Science, by the way, <laughs> is observing something, um, calculating the results, or, or proving a hypothesis through experimentation. A scientist or uh, empiricists right, would, would say, how prove that God exists? Okay, what would you say to that? Prove he doesn't exist. <laughs> um, the rationalist. So this person sees the world through the lens of reason. If A is true, then B must be false, or something along those lines. The mind is the only way we can know anything for sure. You could say, um, we think, I think, therefore I am. Somebody also famously said that, and I think they got it from the, the, the camp guy and said, we'll just put in our little thing, and it's also memorable. <laughs> um, so they will try to bring um, reasonable arguments and they will also try to reason their own way of thinking as well. Okay, the next one, apologetic methodology. So please write in the brackets something that you would remember, something that would make sense to you. I wrote, um, do you use boxing gloves or a bat? <laughs> That's how I'm going to remember that statement. Boxing gloves or a bat. You can write whatever. Whatever is memorable. What, are we, what evidence are we going to appeal to? And what evidence are they going to appeal to? To, to prove our point. And it has been debated. Um, this is not something that um, has an obvious answer. And this is why I didn't just want to go down a list of questions and give and tell you what to say. 
because some people would say, no, 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 you have to answer it like this. And some people would say, no, you have to answer it like this. Even though the questions are the same. I, I think that in specific situations, um, you have, you have um, reason to appeal to a specific category of evidence, but it should always really begin and end with the Bible, and that's our last one here. Um, if you say something, if you appeal to historical evidence, um, link it to a Bible verse. If you appeal to cosmological evidence, um, as creation science does, um, what I love about Ken Ham, a creation apologist, is that he's very evangelistic. He would always um, appeal to, uh, he would always have a gospel call at the end of his articles, at the end of his debates, he would um, uh, link it back to scripture. So whatever method you use, um, please just keep that in mind. Um, Ken Ham Ken Ham he's an Australian he, uh, his ministry is called Answers in Genesis okay first one natural, versus, uh, natural and historical do we argue for the historical truthfulness of the events in the Bible do we consider the laws of nature and and uh, and creation to validate biblical truth like a six-day creation yes i think there's a place for that you know we pray to be wise and employ the the right one so one that i would think of or that i've gotten before is how do we know that jesus really existed I mean, couldn't he have been a fabrication with, from the early Christians that wanted to create this messianic figure and they just made him up? You, you can't not address their question in some form or another. Okay, you could appeal to Scripture and say, well, Scripture does say that um, people will despise Christ and they will refute what we say and they will they will have hardened hearts <laughs> but to ignore their question especially since there is a very easy answer so uh, um, just what I found quickly um, there is more historical accounts of Christ um, than any other ancient form of literature. Um, we have thousands of manuscripts from the Bible. Um, and there are also um, 10 non-Jewish writers from um, within 100 years of Jesus' lifetime that record him as a historical person. And they have the list of the ten writers, Roman, Greek, um, Jewish um, uh, writings within 150 years of Jesus' life. So that's one piece of historical thing you can, you can consider uh, looking into and anticipate some of these questions. Um, but that would be an example of historical evidence. Okay. 
I want you to be aware of the tools at your disposal. Presuppositional. Do we let the Bible argue its defense? If the Bible is self-authenticated, does it need outside evidence? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> yes. Um, we look at the existence of good and evil. Um, if you've read a book, uh, C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, don't take everything he said. He said a lot of things, and a lot of it was really good. Mere Christianity is a great example of that. Um, how do we explain our conscious? <laughs> how do we explain um, our our sense of morality? Uh, how do we explain that some actions we consider good and some actions we consider bad? Who decides that? And then you actually build a rational case, um, case for God. I, I don't imagine any specific situation but i think writers have have done amazing work here to to show that it, it is rational it, it, if we think about what if this is a if a is true then b it has to be true and the, and we build a case and and a lot of that would circle around um uh, moral who decides what is right and wrong <laughs> okay and from that starting point you you can get to the god of the bible some questions you would find um, where you could address this is um, how can a good or just god send people to hell you would appeal to to rational evidence well because it makes sense. Let me explain. Okay. Presuppositional. So here's the thing about the Bible. Okay. The Bible claims to be the divine word of God. And God claims in the Bible that there is no authority higher than himself. So then how are we able to use outside evidence to prove that that fact is indeed true. It's a paradox because as soon as we try to bring in outside evidence to prove that, then that evidence becomes more authoritative than what we are trying to prove is the most authoritative thing in, in existence, God's word. And then it's no longer that. So in other words... When somebody says, prove that the Bible is real, but you're not allowed to use anything from the Bible, you just walk away. <laughs> not, not so bluntly. What I mean is, there was a famous saying where an apologist um, was peppered with questions, and he answered every single one as diligently as he could, and eventually said, if I could answer every single one of your questions, would you still believe? And the guy said, no. <laughs> when someone just wants to ask a question to trip you up, to try and... They don't care, actually, what you have to say. They're not even listening. You just 
I do have answers, but I don't think this is a this is where we need to start. Maybe you can convince him to keep quiet enough for you to to share the gospel regardless. <laughs> but in some points, um, the Bible must speak for itself. If you want a great example of apologetics in action, um, uh, Jesus was asked questions by the devil and he quoted scripture and that's all he did. <laughs> um, yes, no, the, the Bible doesn't need to be backed up. Um, if it's of such a nature where um, don't be tempted to, you might be tempted to. The Bible says it is the word of God, and you believe that it is, just just stand on that. Don't step off of that. Okay, and then here's a little block. I have to be done in five minutes. Here's a little block at the bottom. Um, the gospels, the doctrines that come under fire. So let's think of a few questions that people can ask and then let's try to modularly <clears throat> what would be a good methodology to apply here what would be uh, what would be the person's presupposition here what would be um, um, what would be their th their theory of truth can we do that exercise on just one or two of the questions? Because we do have a list of top 10 questions, but it all comes down to the same thing. Okay, here it is. They call the birth and resurrection of Jesus Christ into question. And you would say, how do we know that Jesus Christ really rose from the dead? That would be one of the questions. How do we know that he was really born of a virgin why is that important why does it matter okay so let's let's consider what what could we appeal to history yes historically that that would be a very strong place to go um, what would what would the person's um, theory of truth be in that case they would they would appeal to um, their their teachings there. Um, they would demand evidence, empiricism, prove it to me um, with facts. Uh, you would find that in other faiths, yeah. Um, atheism. <laughs> what about? Um, um, presupposition would almost always be <laughs> I don't believe in in, in Jesus um, that he's the way to salvation when people question the, the person of Jesus Christ the resurrection anything like that it's usually rooted in the fact that I have my own way to salvation or there's many ways to salvation why is yours exclusive that would be their presupposition. Okay, um, 
What about the reality of sin and hell? But I'm a good person. I, I do good. Why are you, um, who are you to decide what is right and wrong? Um, what would their, um, their presupposition be? If I would guess a person's presupposition, it would be, um, I don't believe in the authority of God, that the scriptures are perhaps more f fluid, that God cares about sincerity more than he does about justice, um, that his love is overshadows any um, call to justice. That would be perhaps a presupposition that people would bring to that. What what methodology would you use here? I would definitely just appeal to scripture. Because um, there's you you can build a, a logical case for it, and we do. We we go through the Romans road and we explain why it makes sense. We use illustrations. The shopping bag illustration is a great one. The the uh, Paul uses illustrations. He uses courtroom uh, terminology. He explains that God is a judge, and we're so um, you could you could use a combination of that, but uh, definitely uh, scripture. Yes. Okay. Um, so the shopping bag illustration. If you were a shopper and you and you're filling your shopping cart with sin, okay, um, but you have no money to pay for it, your wallet is empty, you have no credit cards, they're they're all maxed out, you're in such a mountain of debt that you can never escape from, and you pull this shopping trolley full of sin, um, and you're like, I I can't. If I go check it out, they they're gonna they're gonna arrest me. Um, and then Jesus comes along and he says it's to illustrate atonement that he, he takes our sin on himself and he empties our shopping cart and he puts it into his own. He says, I'll pay for it. And you continue to add things to your shopping cart, but then it goes into Jesus' shopping cart until the day you roll up at the checkout counter, you're saved, you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. So hey, you can go, it's already paid for. So that's a nice illustration that, that uh, I actually got from, from Stacy, I think. Um, one of them. <laughs> okay, so um, let's just uh, go down here. You can fill in your own um, thoughts and ideas. Try to modularize, try to, just as an exercise at home, Think about what the question would be in that category. Think about how you would approach it and do this maybe as a Bible study. God's goodness, in other words, his mercy with his justice. If he wasn't just, he wouldn't be good. Salvation by faith alone. This would be questions about ancestor worship or um, the the Mormon book of something or um, some other appeal that gets added onto um, the gospel. 
um, authority of scripture? Well, how can we know that it's true? What about all the contradictions? What are, there's many forms that the authority of scripture, the authenticity of scripture, it's a separate thing uh, in my mind. Authority is this is the divine word of God. It should be obeyed. It, it, it should be um, treated as such. The authenticity of scripture, um, we don't distinguish between the two, but some people might, okay? They would say that the Bible only contains the word of God. In other words, it's not the word of God, but when you read it, it becomes the word of God for you. Um, other ones would say that not all of scripture is inspired. Some historical facts might be less inspired than than other accounts because so they would slice it up like that just be aware of that try to think how you would approach that okay um and then i've just attached an article here from answers in genesis that i really enjoyed the games that scoffers play <laughs> um and uh it's just a nice little memorable article about the kinds of people that um that you would encounter and it lines up with what we're talking about. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you that we can learn and learn to defend our faith. And um, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.